Welcome to the SEC versus Big Ten College Football Podcast. My name is Mike. My name is Sam. Follow us on Twitter at SECVSB1G. And subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. Today we're going to talk to you about the Big Ten. We're going to recap 2015, talk about 2016, go through projections, predictions, talk about coaching changes, returning players, teams that have lost players, uh, talk about all the good stuff. Everything B1G, buddy. Yep, today is your one-stop shop for B1G knowledge. Yep, and uh, thank you Jack Black for that awesome intro. Yes, we will forever be in your debt, Mr. Jack Black. Tenacious D. Indeed. Yeah, so Sam, it's been quite a while since our last podcast, our inaugural mission there. Yep, yep, it's uh, a little harder with the schedules than I thought it would be to crank these out every week, but uh, we're, we're, we're going to get them in there. It's okay. Yes, last time we checked, we had about 75 plays, so we appreciate all our fans out there. I think uh, between you and I, that might have been five people other than us that played the, song, yeah. the podcast. I mean, I, I listened to us at least three times, so I mean... It might, you know, have some, maybe 10 really good listeners. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> numbers are numbers, so it doesn't matter if it's just us playing it back, so that's good for us. We're All new, right. we're new, and we're coming, up, we're coming up in the world. We got intro music. That's right, that's <laughs> right. So there's a first for everything. All right, so we can talk about the Big Ten. Got a couple notes here that we're going to get to. Um, as you know, this is the Big Ten versus SEC or SEC versus Big Ten College Football Podcast. Yep, Very Mike important. is your uh, your Big Ten expert, so he's going to be rolling with a whole lot of knowledge for you today. Yeah, I'm not sure I'd go that far, but uh, I'll take that for what it's worth, and I'll give you everything I know about the Big Ten. A couple notes off the top. The Big Ten finished with six teams ranked in the AP Top 25, the final week after the bowl games. Yes, I think that's one more than the SEC. One more than the SEC, two more than the Big 12, which had four. The ACC had three, and the Pac-12 had three, which is kind of a – I think that's – you know, as you hear these – prognostications and you know national media types talking about projections i think you know you hardly ever hear about how teams finished and that's probably because it doesn't really have anything to do with the next year but at the same time i think that gives you a better real um feel for the landscape of college football yeah and it's a, if you don't know what happened in the past how you're going to make your future better you know it's if you gotta if you're a real fan you paid attention to where your team ended up in the ranking uh I mean, the people out there that don't care about that, then, I mean, what are you watching for? I mean, you're, I didn't get first, so I'm not going to pay attention at the end, you know, like that. You're, you're a Fairweather fan. Pete. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the results kind of speak for themselves, and you don't really talk as much about the results as you do about the next, whatever's coming next, the next year, the next week, whatever. But I think it's worth mentioning that uh, Big Ten had six, SEC had five, Big 12 had four, ACC had three, Pac-12 had three. Um, obviously, none of that really matters uh, when you are looking at the college football playoff and all that stuff. So good to uh, just look at here. A couple other notes. Big Ten is playing nine conference games in the year 2016, which is a step up from eight from last year. Yep. Um, cool. Another another one more than, than the SEC because I think we only play eight. That's right. And I think, I think the Big 12 also plays nine conference games, but they don't have divisions I'm in their s- conference. I'm sensing like a pattern here. I feel like a, like a whole lot of one-upperisms happening right now. You know, trying, to be, trying to be better than us for some reason. Well, <laughs> get used to it. This is the SEC versus Big Ten College Football <laughs> Podcast, Samuel. I know. <laughs> well, I mean, not ones that you're, you know – looking up intentionally it's just you guys are trying to trying to step up your game it feels like well as a conference yeah i mean it would be good for someone to step up their game so what is the sec one what eight of the last 10 something like that i mean they've been on a pretty good run so it would be good for them to have some competition on the field yes um besides these what i had written down the uh, figure worth mentioning the uh TV contracts that have been signed. The Big Ten just uh, brought in the mother load, thanks to our commissioner, Jim Delaney. He doesn't seem to be paying attention to a whole lot about what's going on. He was kind of absent during our whole satellite camp uh, debate, and a lot of Michigan people especially were kind of getting on to him about that, but he did happen to pull in uh, the biggest 
well, I shouldn't say the biggest. He sold half of the Big Ten media rights for the next six years uh, for like $250 million. Pocket change. Yeah, so it basically projects to um, once they sell the second half, it should be about $42, $43 per school, which one th- what, uh, an eye-popping thing I read or I listened to earlier was that each of the Big Ten schools will pull in more revenue per year than Notre Dame, which is a little crazy wow. considering they have their own deal with NBC. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so you know we've had a large discussion or a broader discussion about where we go from here, super conferences, and if Notre Dame will ever get wrangled into a conference. And it's kind of a just a side note on that. Um, let's see. Oh, the non-conference for the Big Ten. Um, thought it was interesting it seems like all the big 10 teams front load their non-conference schedule so they play all their non-conference like within the first month essentially which is kind of crazy um right off the bat with a lot of them like wisconsin lsu is going to be at lambeau and wisconsin lsu um oklahoma plays ohio state i think it's week three which is going to be a big game um there's some other uh, matchups that we'll go through once we get to those specific teams, but it, the the stat grab I got from that was that no Big Ten team plays any out-of-conference game after September except one game, Michigan State versus BYU, which is in the second week of October, October 8th. Um, so that, I mean, that's kind of, kind of uh, in contrast, and I don't know whether it's better or worse than, um, for instance, the SEC that plays um, – you know, they seem to kind of at least sneak one non-conference game toward the end of November or in no- November sometime to kind of give a, give a breather, I guess. It depends. Uh, some of the bigger teams, are. it's it's sort of trending right now that their season opener, like is, it makes it a lot easier sell for recruiting if you have a big non-conference game to be like, hey, look what we're doing. We're going to be on national television day one, you know. So, I mean, you got a whole lot of teams playing – right off the bat and that, that seems to be i think alabama just kind of started it and now everybody else is kind of trying to do it too so yeah it's certainly a trend i don't mind i like to see big games right off the bat i think our, yeah. our opening weekend is going to be super crazy yeah, I'll, I'll kick, kick it off big like why oh i'm gonna play you know freaking wyoming no offense, yeah. no offense to my dad he played <laughs> <laughs> yeah we were talking about that earlier uh also you know i think it's kind of in some ways it's smart to have a breather game at the end of the season if you're gonna you know if you need to re- recharge and get some juice if you're you know running for the championship game i think that's in some ways kind of smart so kind of just spread out your non-conference games so you know we look at everything through a sec versus big 10 prism so you know just yeah. something to worth Something worth pointing out here. I'll be bringing to you all the non-conference games for every team. Uh, we did. I did kind of a strength of schedule. Um, we kick it off first with uh, Wisconsin. We got in the top spot. You saying? Yeah, they got the toughest B1G Big Ten strength of schedule. Uh, starting off with LSU, uh, Akron, and Georgia State. That's their non-conference games. They got a whole lot of. The changes going on. Uh, the lost quarterback, Joel Stave, uh, he graduated. I think it's Stave. Stave. Yeah, yeah. Help me with the names here. I'm not the good research. You yeah. got the right guy. I know. I mean, at least I can spell it right. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the effort that counts. I appreciate it. Yep. Yep. Uh, he graduated. Uh, senior quarterback Bart Houston as the probable starter coming in. It looks like. Yeah, I. Uh, I, I saw that as well. Um, do you want to kind of go through them based on based on the strength of schedule like that? Because I had I'm kind of uh, I've got them lined up in order of where I think they're going to rank, kind of going from bottom to first as far as the projections. We can go through them either way. I don't really care. Yeah, it's, uh, do it your way. It's it's uh it's your conference. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I guess it is my conference, so I will take charge on this one. All right, so I'm going to go through each division, starting with the West, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about 2015 for each team, and I'm going to tell you kind of the highs and lows of each season and what I kind of project, which way the team is trending, what I really expect for next year for each team. So in the bottom spot in the West, as far as where I think they will end up, is Purdue. Purdue is really lacking in the talent department when compared to a lot of college or a lot of uh, power five teams and even some group five teams are 
uh, right there, kind of above them. They are in this. They're cellar dwellers. Let's let's be real about it. As far <laughs> as uh, recruiting, I mean, they've had good players in the past. You know, Drew Brees, Bob Greasy. They've had some good good quarterbacks, but that's kind of a bygone era. Uh, in 2015, they went one and seven in the conference, which is really nothing to to write home to mommy about. Uh, yeah. Two and ten overall. They lost to Marshall and Bowling Green. Um, they beat Nebraska, which we'll get to some. We'll get to Nebraska. Nebraska kind of had a Jekyll and Hyde type year. Um, yeah, really sometimes bipolar. they look phenomenal, and sometimes well, yeah, beat some good teams and lost to some really crappy teams. Exactly. So Purdue in 2016, they will return their quarterback and eight starters on offense and defense. So I guess you'd have to say that that would be uh, also returning Markel Jones, their uh, running back who recorded 870 yards, 10 scores, 34 catches for 239 yards. He's he's a pretty good, solid guy it looks like, and and he hopefully takes a step forward next year. Yeah, a uh, tasty tidbit of information from Samuel. Thank you very much. Yeah, I did that. That, that would uh, – they would seem to need all those guys that they can get, I would think. They play f- three FCS schools that were above 500 next year. So that would seem to me to be somewhat of a uh, – I don't know if you want to say a, a stum- you know, it could be a death trap if they lose one of those games. That, that, that wouldn't be good for them. Um, I'm projecting them to go – uh, one and two in the non-conference and non-conference being Eastern Kentucky, Cincinnati, and Nevada. Correct. I think they will beat Eastern Kentucky, and I don't believe they will beat either of those other two teams. And I project that they will go zero and nine in conference. Oof. Ouch. Yeah, I, you know, I don't, I don't see. I'm gonna go through real quick. Not, not a whole lot of turnaround from last year, then. Yeah, I mean. I guess you got to kind of have something to build on, and I just don't really see a whole lot to build on. So, you know, you could say, oh, they return eight starters on both offense and defense. Well, those starters went one and seven and two and ten overall. So I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. So I guess we'll find out. Next team I have is Illinois, coming, who I project will come in sixth out of seven in the Big Ten West. 2015, they went two and six in conference, five and seven overall. They got torched by UNC. They beat Nebraska. They hired Lovey Smith, who uh, is an ex-NFL coach for the Bears and the Bucks. So that would seem to be kind of a statement hire for the administration to try and get them back on the map. Yeah. We'll see if that ends up paying dividends for them. You would think it would at least help in recruiting, you know. Yeah, everybody likes Levy. He's, I think he's going to do well there. Um, he's uh, got returning sophomore Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, looked impressive last year under limited snaps. Only one game with 20 carries, though. So, I mean, he needs to get a whole lot more action this year uh, if he's actually going to go somewhere with it. Where with it. Uh, but, I mean, everybody – I mean, Lovey Smith, I mean – how do you not love that guy? Yeah, he's, he's a defensive-minded guy, so yeah. you would think he'd be able to step in and at least measurably improve their defense somewhat. Yeah. Even when he he left the Bears, I was very surprised that they let him go. I mean, it's I mean Jay Cutler is your is your guy who's ended like four coaches in a row. So <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. Sorry, he came from Vanderbilt and he's a SEC guy, and we all expected the world out of him, but. Uh, my wife is a huge Broncos fan, and those are some rough years watching that guy throw the ball to the other team. So, yeah. So I'm basically saying that they are going to they're going to lose to North Carolina. I think they will beat Murray State and Western Michigan. Uh, I think they will go one and eight in conference. I think their one win will come against Purdue, who they play at home. And you heard earlier because everyone's going to beat Purdue. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Purdue is going zero and nine according to my projection here. So I will measure myself to see how that yep. how that ends up. But I also had Purdue with the easiest uh, schedule out of all of the B1G. So Interesting. Mm-hmm. Eastern Kentucky, Cincinnati, Nevada, Maryland, Iowa, Illinois, Nebraska, Penn State, Minnesota. Well, they're in the West. So, I mean, I, I'm really not impressed by the Big Ten West. So we will – Again, those those pre those preseason start to schedule yeah. rankings are preseason. They're way preseason based on it, last year mostly. It's like so. the SEC East. I mean, yeah. it's <laughs> it's a yeah. crapshoot right now. You don't now. know what you're getting for sure. 
All right, so next I have Northwestern, who I will predict is going to finish fifth out of seven in the Big Ten West. Uh, last year they had a really good year, actually. Um, you know, they're more of a brainiac school. Can we say that? They're, they don't really uh, they don't really butter their bread with brawn. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong here, but I still like hold them responsible for destroying the NCAA uh, football game. Oh, you mean about the the unionization thing? Union and uh, the the player likenesses and all that crap. I mean, I I, I didn't really follow it a hundred percent, but I I think they started the ball rolling. Where? Um, no, I think I know what happened with that. Their quarterback, Kane Coulter, Northwestern's quarterback, he initiated a petition or something. I don't know the legalese for it, but he uh, filed for the players to cert- be certified as a union by with the National Labor Relations Board but the it, it, essentially it came to a vote with the Northwestern players and they voted that they did not want to become a union so he initiated it but he essentially got shot by, down by his own team oh okay okay thank you for the correction and I'm way off yeah and I, and I think the um, I the whole I likeness I thing had to do with the video game and, I, and the guy's name escapes me but I don't really think that had anything to do with Northwestern I dislike them a little less now <laughs> well, they went six and two in conference last season. I, they lost to Michigan and Iowa, and they lost big in those games. Ten and three overall. Ten and three year. overall, which is really good. They ended up ranked. I don't have it in front of me, but they were, I think, around um, fifteen or twenty or so. They got smoked by Tennessee in the bowl game, which I think a lot of people saw coming. Um, the thing that that was really confusing people about Northwestern is they be, had beat Stanford in the beginning of the year. Stanford, who ended the season ranked three, I believe, in the final AP poll, because uh, Stanford torched Iowa in their bowl game. Yep. Um, so, and that was just, I think it was just kind of a fluke game by Stanford, kind of like the Michigan State game against Ohio State, you know? <laughs> I don't know how many times... If Stanford and Northwestern play, I don't know how many times Northwestern yeah, wins. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they beat Stanford. They beat Duke, which Duke um, was pretty decent. The, Duke's been pretty good since David Cutcliffe took over for them. He's, they've been, at least been exciting to watch. They're very competent on offense. I mean, they're playing another game against Duke this year. Uh, did you mention the the non-conference yet? I got um, Northwestern non-conference, Western Michigan, Illinois State, and Duke. I have them uh, – let's see, I have them – Losing to Duke, I have them beating Western Michigan and Illinois State. Um, they return six starters on offense, six starters on defense, and quarterback Clayton Thorson. Yep. So a little bit of continuity there for them that they'll have to work with. I just Clayton I, Thorson, 1,522 passing yards, seven touchdowns, 397 rush, plus five TDs off that. Last season. Yeah, they're playing Michigan State and Ohio State from across the conference, so I don't see them repeating their success in conference. Actually predicting that they're going to go 2-1 and one non-conference, as I said, and I think they're going to go 3-6 and six in conference. I think they're only going to beat Indiana, Purdue, and Illinois. Mm. Indiana, we'll get to them, but they they were a decent team. They, they put up a good fight in the East. There's a lot of – there's a lot – more good teams in the East than there is in the West, and Indiana, I think, is going to take a step back as well. But we'll get to them. So Northwestern, two and one non-conference, three and six in conference. So I guess if my math is correct, that would be five and seven overall. Yep, and they got the strong run game, so they're going to be okay. I think that's they got the the running backs coming back, and yeah, they play the um, they kind of play the spread the spread run game you know what i mean they, they, mm-hmm. a lot of teams play the spread game and they and they throw it across the yard northwestern kind of likes to run from the spread which is kind of a thing that they've um been pioneering for more than a few years actually i know it's given michigan fits in years past so that'll be interesting to watch uh next up i have minnesota i'm projecting them to finish fourth out of seven teams in the big 10 west 2015 they went two and six in conference three and seven overall they beat Colorado State. They beat Kent State. Kent State. Oh, I'm sorry. This is I'm misreading my stat line here. They beat Colorado State, Kent State, and Ohio by a combined margin of nine points. So they kind of squeaked by some of those non-conference games. They beat Purdue, Illinois, and Illinois, and they were one of the 
five and seven teams to go to a bowl game last year. I don't know if you realized that some Ooh. there were some exceptions made for five and seven teams. I'm not sure if that's something to be proud about yeah, or must, not. Must be nice. You get a little free pass there. Yeah, I'm sure the administration didn't mind the paycheck. Yeah, and I'm sure the players were okay with doing it, but I'd rather earn it. Um, yeah. We got Jay Johnson, their new offensive coordinator. Uh, he looks like he's got a, a little bit of work to do, but uh, and once again, another strong running game. Uh, Shannon Brooks, Rodney Smith, they're two studs. Did you mention Mitch Leidner, uh, quarterback? No, I did not. He, the uh, only reason he sticks out to me is because they, if, if it wasn't for him, they would have beat Michigan. He played like Joe Montana in that game, so that was a – he stuck out to me. He was com- connecting from everywhere, returning seven starters on offense, six on defense. So, I guess a moderate amount of turnover there. I'm projecting they're they're going to go three and zero in the non-conference against Oregon State, Indiana State, and Colorado State. And uh, uh, Oregon State being o- the only Power Five conference team that they play there. Oregon State was not impressive, at least in their game against Michigan last year. I'm just having a hard time with the Joe Montana comparison to the Minnesota quarterback. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was having a hard time while I was watching the game, too. It was not pleasant. It was very, very not, really not fun to watch. Um, four and five in conference is what I'm projecting. I think they're going to beat Rutgers. They're going to beat Illinois. They're going to beat Purdue. And they're going to beat Northwestern. Um, you'll, you may realize that all those teams are going to beat are, are projected to finish below them. So, no surprise there. Um, we will see how that works out. Looks like they play at Penn State, at Maryland, at Illinois, at Nebraska, and at Wisconsin. So, um, I see them, like I said, losing to Illinois. Oh, well, I'm sorry, beating Rutgers, Illinois, Purdue, and Northwestern and losing the rest. Next team I have, Nebraska. I have them projected to finish third in the Big Ten West. Uh, in 2015, like I said earlier, it was kind of a really bipolar year for them. They went 3-5 and five in conference, 6-7 and seven overall. They lost to Illinois, lost to Purdue, <laughs> which uh, I want to let that sink in. Purdue, who went 1-7 and seven in, in conference last year. They lost to Illinois. They lost to Purdue. They beat Michigan State, who went to the college football playoff. Not sure they deserve to get to the playoff after we watched them play yeah, in the playoff, but they great. got there, and they beat UCLA in a bowl game. So really, I'm not quite sure what to make of that. I guess they had a new Mike Riley, I think, is their coach who came over from Oregon State. Um, so I'm really not quite sure what to make of that. Why they had such an up and down year? Consistency, man. That's it's the key. You know, you don't see any of these national championship teams. You know, having off days. If you have an off day, you, you, that might be it for you. So, yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you definitely can't have an off day. And I mean, that's a, I mean, being a Georgia fan, a lot. You know, if we got a knock, it's when it comes to the big games. Where are we at? Yeah, you, know? you definitely can't lay an egg in a big game, and or else you are not a championship team. Um, next, I have finishing second in the Big Ten West is Wisconsin. Wisconsin last year went six and two in conference, ten and three overall. They lost to Alabama in the season opener. They lost to Northwestern. They lost to Iowa. Those are the kind of two two teams that kind of ran away in the Big Ten West last year. And they beat USC in a bowl game. Uh, finished the season ranked number twenty one in the AP poll. Yep, and once again lost Joel Stave. Joel I think Stave, Stave making I an appearance right again. Isn't? Yes. Um, and they also lost their, their go-to receiver, Alex Erickson. Yes, Alex Erickson. They also lost their linebacker, Joe Schobert, who will have shoes to fill there on defense. Uh, they returned six on offense, and they returned six on defense. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, they opened the season against LSU at Lambeau Field, so that'll be uh, an event to Go see. back. <laughs> Yes, I think we talked about touched on it earlier in the other podcast that I think we still have to have project LSU to win that game, which I do. I um I am projecting two and one non conference. Obviously, with that loss to LSU, I think I I think I said that. Yeah, I I want to pick LSU, but it's going to be tougher than people think because it's a home game for Wisconsin, basically. Yeah, I mean, neither of us really have any rooting interest. I wouldn't mind seeing Wisconsin and LSU both lose, but yeah. only one of them can. If we can get Fournette to run for like 400 yards and Wisconsin to win the game, that'd be great. 
Yeah, I, 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 it'll be just fun to watch as a nonpartisan observer for sure. Uh, I'm projecting they go two and one. Like I said, five and four in conference. Uh, they're like I said, they're going to lose to LSU. I think they're going to lose to Michigan State. I think they're going to lose to Michigan. I think they will lose to Ohio State, and I think they will lose to Iowa. So a lot of a lot of away games for Wisconsin this year against tough teams. They play at Michigan State, at Michigan, at Iowa, at Nebraska, and wait for it. Just can't leave them alone today. Yeah, no, that last one might have been a little bit I feel, uh, facetious. I feel, I feel bad for them. Yeah. I hope they win every game. Yeah, <laughs> it, you know, well, it, it's it's strange. I mean, they're playing against the meat of the Big Ten East, are they and like, they are in the Big Ten West. Are they like the Vanderbilt of the B1G? No, I think Purdue is like the Vanderbilt of the B1G. That's what I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, talk about <laughs> Purdue. Yes, yes. No, Wisconsin, I would say Wisconsin is like the – they're like the LSU. Um, I mean, like a more yeah. predominant. You know, they've had some good players. Yeah. Elvin Gordon came the, out. And, yeah, uh, they rushed the ball. That's their bread and butter. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that's a good comparison. They're like LSU for sure. They come from the They're, they're not the top notch. So I was kind of looking for a SEC East comparison. But and then they could be they could be the yeah. Georgia or the Florida, you know. I mean, yeah, solid team, but not not the top notch. Yeah, maybe that will be a subject for a future podcast is equivalent teams who who matches identity. Ooh. Good idea. That would be, and then we, and then we. Could, I care about stuff like that. Yeah, we could project <laughs> it into what would be the coolest matchups. Yep, yep, that would be interesting. All right, so Wisconsin, um, projecting two and one non-conference, five and four in conference. Like I said, they will lose to LSU, Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, and Iowa. Bart Houston, the probable starter. I think I said earlier. Um, over. I didn't mention this. Redshirt freshman Alex Hornbrook. Might be Hornybrook. It's H O R N I Brook. Okay. Poor guy. He's like me. He's got a weird last name. I'm sorry. I'm not making funny. I if you actually knew my last name. Yeah. Also, we're you on know, the same page. It's worth mentioning. This is May, <laughs> and there's going to be plenty of quarterback battles and position battles, and probably, unfortunately, some injuries that could drastically change these projections. But at the same time, we work with what we got, so we're, that's what we're giving to you. Yep. And you know, we'll. we'll Hit it back up later on in the off season and have some new updates for you and and who's going to be the man and who's not. Indeed, yeah. So representing, you're not out of it yet, Hornybrook. <laughs> Keep the faith, Hornybrook. <laughs> representing the Big Ten West in the Big Ten Championship game, I am projecting Iowa. They were there last year. Obviously, they were undefeated up until the Big Ten championship game last year. Until they lost to Michigan State, I think it was kind of a really uh, a real defensive struggle. I think it was like thirteen to seven or something that game. I don't remember exactly, but um, Iowa, I project, will go back to the Big Ten championship game, and we'll get to who I think will win that in a minute here. Boom. Recapping twenty fifteen. Iowa went on a run, like I said, 8-1 and one in conference, and I just went ahead and counted the championship game as part of their conference schedule. 12-2 and two overall. Uh, went 12-0 and 0 before losing the Big Ten championship game. So that was kind of a, you know, it, it was one of those teams where as the season goes on, you know, all the conversation is like, well, is Iowa for real? It, uh, you know, are they what they seem to be, or are they beating teams that are worth anything? Um, I think it kind of, you know, regressed to the mean, so to speak, as they lost to Michigan State and then got torched by Stanford in the bowl game. So, yep. interesting to watch. It was just kind of one of those things where, well, you know, people are there, people are losing their minds over, well, is Iowa going to go to the college football playoff while someone else gets left out? You know, it's kind of one of those things that we live for as college football fans. Yep, they were in the talks at least, Yeah. Yeah. They were in the talks until it counted, right? Yep. Out of conference, uh, Iowa State, North Dakota State, and Miami of Ohio. Yeah. Um, also, just want to mention before I get to 2016, they finished the season ranked nine. So, all in all, a respectable season, I think, for Iowa. And like we're going to get to, I think they'll they'll be back there. Um, so they're supposedly the second easiest uh, strength of schedule as well. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me since uh, for 16. since they're in the West and the teams in the West didn't grade out very well aside from Iowa. I don't think from last year they they play Miami of Ohio, Iowa State, and North Dakota State. So um, yeah, yeah, now that kind of backs up your argument is what you know I'm going for is they're 
easy schedule or second easiest schedule and they're one of the better teams so. yeah so it's not like they're it's not like their strength counts against them in the strength of schedule calculation so that that kind of that makes sense they return five on offense including cj bethard who uh was a really good quarterback last year really good um they return eight on defense including uh all-american cornerback desmond king uh, so they are returning a lot. Yep. And uh, defensive end Parker Hesse, he had 44 stopped, one forced fumble, and with three tackles for a loss. Uh, also, the the big story on Drew Ott. Did you read much about that? Mm-mm. Uh, he was the guy he tore his, I think, ACL towards the fourth or fifth game, and with like multiple, you know, uh, requests to the NCAA after months and months and months and months of them. You know, ignoring his request. Uh, oh yeah, they denied it, right? They denied yeah, it, which that. is, I, that's just crap. I think he, he had a lot of potential. Yeah, I mean, now he's you know had to had to leave, try to go to the league, and he's trying to get on a team or on a practice squad somewhere. That's one of those things where if you're gonna deny it, deny it, fine. I don't think anyone really has a problem with it if you've at least looked at what's supposed to happen. But if you're just you know dragging your feet and then making the decision that really you know handicaps him uh, yeah what he's supposed to do in his decision making process that's kind of crappy yeah this poor kid i feel bad for him and uh, and the coach was pretty verbal about that too kirk was he was pissed well i don't agree with kirk parents on much but i would have to agree with him on that yeah um so projecting next season i predict they will go three and oh non-conference not a big shock there but i think they'll go seven and two in conference i think they will beat ruckers they will beat Northwestern. They will play at Minnesota, beat Minnesota, beat Purdue, beat Wisconsin. And so they'll be, what, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and 0 oh when they play Penn State. Mike's good at counting. Yes, that's one of the things I practice. <laughs> <laughs> they'll play at Penn State at 8 and 0, oh, and I think they will lose at Penn State. So you heard it here first. We will see what James Franklin really has to work with I, I think that's another storyline too is as we talked about a little bit when we were talking about the ACC is coaches and and you know their uh, you know their tenure what they have to do I think just generally speaking though I think it's a little bit more a little bit more stable right now in the Big Ten because we had a couple coaching changes in the last couple years and so coaches are either on solid ground or they're still within their grace period of, of, of you know, before someone's going to pull the trigger on them. I think, though, that I don't know. I don't know if this is right or wrong, but I just have a feeling that James Franklin is a little bit on the hot seat because he really hasn't beat anybody. I mean, no, and, and his development of a couple players that, you know, didn't happen, Christian Hackenberg. Yeah. I mean, it, and he was kind of a big deal at Vanderbilt, and I mean, he, Vanderbilt put them back on the map, and you know, so he got the hire at his alma mater, and, and Penn State was his dream job. And right. you're and expecting, he kinda, and he kind of got out of Dodge at Vanderbilt when that whole rape trial was going, or before yep, that, all right before down. all that landed. Yeah, so. I, I don't know if he knew that was coming or not, but uh, he he had the buzz going around. I mean, we live, you know, right next to Nashville, and Van, Vandy was kind of coming up. Uh, okay, he did know. Yeah. But Vandy was really up and coming while he was there, and he left and just shot down the toilet. Yeah, so that leaves it up for debate. Was he the reason that they were up and coming? He obviously coached up what they had, but Mm -hmm. was he the reason that they had what they had? I mean, I guess he didn't really recruit those players that he won with. I mean, I guess we know that he's a decent recruiter, but that's not because he recruited those players. And then all the guys he had that when he went to Penn State, he took half of them with him. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of part of of the way it goes. Take your money and run. It's a business. Yeah, yeah. So I think he is on the hot seat. I'm trying to just look back so we can cover it. I don't really think yeah, that anyone else is on the hot seat. I don't think many people have mentioned seat. it, but, yeah, he, he could be. Yeah, um, Wisconsin's got a relatively new coach. Nebraska's got a relatively new coach. Minnesota's got a brand-new coach. I don't think that, you know, it's just one of those things where I don't really know what the expectation is and what the tolerance for losing is at Purdue and Illinois. Illinois obviously isn't is irrelevant because they've got a new coach. So just I guess Purdue yeah. and what, Northwestern. What was it? Nebraska's head coach went nine and three and and got the can last year. I think. Um, I I don't think he got the can. I think he just left and went somewhere else. And I know they got Mike Riley. He he yeah. Uh, Todd Christ I think is Nebraska's new coach and Mike Riley's Wisconsin. I could be getting those mixed up. Obviously, need to work on my research here. But I know that those are the two. Whether I mixed them up or not is is a separate conversation, I guess. Yeah, people know how to Google. That's right. So, Iowa, 
will lose to Penn State, and they will lose to Michigan the next week at Michigan. Uh, I have big, high expectations for Michigan, so we will get to that. I don't want to let that dominate this podcast, especially when we're wrapping up discussion about the Big Ten West. And you got any yes. more thoughts about Iowa? No, I mean, I, I think they're going to do well, and, and, you know, with – their conference and with their strength of schedule, I mean, they have no reason not to. So yeah, exactly. if, if they if they don't do well, I'd be really surprised. Are they going to beat the, the top teams? Maybe not, but they got a good shot at it. So we'll They'll at least have a shot at it in position to make the most of it if they can beat them. Yep. Yeah. All right, so we choose or I choose Iowa to represent the Big Ten West. So we move over to the east, starting in the east. In the bottom, in the cellar, locked in the dungeon, is coached by DJ Durkin, the Maryland Terrapins. They, in 2015, went 1-7 in conference, 3-9 and nine overall, lost by 21 to Bowling Green. Ouch. Damn. The best win they had was against South Florida. And I feel like it's like those Florida teams, I just, they just those directional Florida teams, sometimes they run together with me. So, you know, it seems like every once in a while they try, they, they come up and bite some teams and then. Well, I mean, there's a lot of them. I mean, there's South Florida. Central U- Florida. UCF. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, there's, and not bad teams. I'm not, not knocking them or no. anything, but. They're not, they're not you know, power five teams, but no. they, it seems like they come up and, and bite teams sometimes. But U- UCF beat Georgia in a bowl game. I was there. Right. But I guess my point is, is when that's your best win, that doesn't really say much for your season. Yep. Especially when you're a power five team. Um, so speaking of coaching changes, they uh, let they got a new coach, DJ Durkin, uh, who is actually under the Jim Harbaugh coaching tree. Uh, coach with him at mm. Stanford. He must be awesome. He is awesome. We'll get to that later. It's a separate conversation. Awesome, but not. Yes. So he <laughs> was there with Jim Harbaugh at Stanford and at Michigan. He was a defensive coordinator last year and took the head coaching job at Maryland. Um, they returned seven on offense, six on de- uh, five. I'm sorry, five on decent defense. They lose uh, their best defensive player, Yannick Ngakwe, and they keep their star cornerback, Will Likely. Um, so I guess. What a great name. Yeah, w- really good name, actually. <laughs> I guess that's uh, that's kind of moderate turnover. They return a few on offense. Uh, I don't believe they return their quarterback. So I, I, their quarterback was situation was Returning pretty shaky DJ last Moore, year. Returning DJ wide receiver. Uh, he shows a lot of promise along with linemen Derwin Gray and Damian Pierce that are, are pretty good. Um, and also they, they got – he brought with him uh, new offensive coordinator Walt Bet or Belt. Walt Belt. Walt Belt. Is it Belt? I don't know. I don't know. I can't read my writing sometimes. I write like the Unabomber. <laughs> we'll just leave that there. <laughs> I project that they will go 2-1 and one non-conference. That I think they will uh, beat Howard – beat Florida International, and I have them losing at UCF. Speaking of those directional Florida teams, I think they will lose to UCF. I think they will go 2-7 and seven in uh, yeah in conference. I think they will beat Purdue, and I think they will beat Rutgers. I'm seeing a lot of similarities here between them and the SEC, or the B1G and the SEC, and the fact that they have the upper echelon teams. They have a couple – Average teams, and then a couple just cellar dwellers. Yeah, yeah. dumpster diving, slut face. Dumpster diving, hoochie <laughs> mamas. Yeah, yeah. I think that kind of goes for every conference. Yeah. Uh, although some conferences are all cellar dwellers, so I guess that's true. <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't be nice to do that. All right. So the next team I have finishing second to last, or six of seven in the East, I have Rutgers. Rutgers went. One and seven in conference last year, four and eight overall. They lost to Maryland, and their best win I have was against Indiana. They return nine on offense and nine on defense. They keep their star kick returner, Janarian Grant. They keep quarterback Chris Laviano. So there's a little bit of consistency there. New um, coach, new yeah. coach, Chris Ash. Chris Ash, an, an Urban Meyer disciple. Um, let we need to do a quick segue. Uh, I thought this was kind of a, a, an item of humor, having to do with our favorite topic of the satellite camps, and worth worth mentioning. Uh, Rutgers seems to be trying to claw their way into having a 
rivalry with Michigan. They they seem to kind of think that they're on Michigan's level in terms of relevance and they want to and such. Poke the bear, huh? Yeah. So um, Michigan had been just cleaning up in New Jersey recruiting. They signed a couple years ago Jabril Peppers, who was the number yeah. two yeah. overall. New Jersey player. is basically if you if you don't follow it, that's like the new pipeline to Michigan. Right, yeah. and it's the one school, Paramus Catholic. Jabril Peppers went there. Rashawn Gary went there. There's a new uh, four-star linebacker there, Drew Singleton, who's uh, heavily pursued by Michigan. But the no, Sean Marino was from Jersey. Interesting. Anyway, the way off topic, but I had to do it. <laughs> so the item of humor is that Jim Harbaugh has uh, scheduled a satellite camp at Paramus Catholic. He's also the commencement speaker for their graduating class this mm-hmm. year. Um, and this seems to have um, gotten under the saddle of a lot of Rutgers people. They they have this hashtag going, uh, fence the garden. They want to they want to try and shame the play the players from New Jersey into staying at Rutgers. I think is the point of it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So so uh, after from my experience, you locking down the state is not going to happen. It kind of just gives a bad vibe, I think. It's like you should be encouraging the kids to go where they have the best opportunity, and it's your job to give them the best opportunity to go. You shouldn't be saying, oh, you should not take the best opportunity because you're from here. I mean, that's just kind of weak, I think. Yeah, you want to do what's best for you as a player coming out of high school, what system you're going to fit in, what's going to get you to the next level, you know, and, and, and it, you know, Maybe some kids actually care about their education. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What, what's a better education for you? Which uh, we've seen lately a lot in a lot of recruits picking their education over, you know, the the program, which I, I well, you know, more, more power a, to them. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's obviously part Smart. of the equation, right? I mean, it's something definitely something that every kid should consider. Uh, you know, who knows what that uh, what that balancing act is for each kid. But, but back to the humor, the um, – after learning that this satellite camp was going to happen at Paramus Catholic and Rutgers wanting to fence the garden, uh, Chris Ash came and called his daddy, Urban Meyer, to hold a satellite camp on the same day, 30 miles away, to try and kind of... Uh, See how uh, that goes for y- you, buddy. Yeah, to try, to try and kind of, uh, you know, play hardball a little bit with them. Um, I mean, you, at least he's trying. I mean, yeah, you, you I mean, got to give him an A for effort. You can't knock him for it. You for sure. You know, I, 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 if you're not doing something, then then maybe your your fans are starting to get you know a little like, why aren't we at least trying to defend our turf? And, right, they're do going something. Right, right. They're making the attempt to go toe to toe with him. Right. Yeah. But do you think Urban Meyer is not going to try and take some of those kids if he likes them? I mean, that's kind of defeating the purpose of fencing the garden in, yeah, in many ways. I think really not at all. <laughs> yeah. So after that happened, then. Uh, Jimmy called up his brother John and had the and now the whole Baltimore Ravens uh, staff is scheduled to be at Michigan's camp on oh, the same day. So. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not that's like hey let me let me get you know bro on the line here who's a Super Bowl winning you know that's right. NFL guy. That's right. You poke the bear. You mess with the bull. Yeah. You get the horns, which is pretty funny. Anyway, that was the aside yeah. of. I, I did actually see that article. I saw the the picture of. Uh, Big Brother Ravens, you know, in in his Michi- Michigan attire, right next to Harbaugh. Yeah, you know. gotta love it. It's the off season, so you got to be entertained by that kind of stuff, because there's no actual football. Yeah, I mean, right. spring games are at this point all over, even and yeah, you've probably, if you're a fan, watched them all two or three times. You, you, at least your team, you know, we we're we go a little crazy and watch it every game that we possibly can and dissect it as much as we we can but yeah i don't want to on that note in that sentiment i do not want to give Rutgers any more time and i want to move on to indiana okay indiana was a team last year they had a good quarterback good offensive line they lost some of that so last year they went two and six in conference they actually played a lot of close games so the two and six is a little bit misleading but still two and six is two and six Six and seven overall, lost to Rutgers, and they beat Western Kentucky University as their best win, which a little, uh, you know, sounds kind of weak. Western Kentucky, Western Kentucky's, they're good. They actually <laughs> went twelve and two, and they beat Vanderbilt. Um, so you know, uh, 
it's not quite that good. I mean, you'd like to have a better win on your schedule, but um, they did beat them, so that's something. Yeah, yeah they're not they're not chumps, though. So, I mean. Yeah, returning six on offense, losing quarterback Nate Sudfeld, offensive tackle Jason Spriggs, running back Jordan Howard, and they return Griffin Oaks, who was a uh, kicker, a uh, really consistent kicker. Yep, and uh, Jonathan Crawford, uh, their safety, uh, had four picks last year, so he's, he's pretty good. It's a good stat. Uh, yeah, they returned seven on defense, so that goes along there. I'm projecting that they will go three and zero non-conference against Florida International, Ball State, and Wake Forest. Yep, that's all their non-conference. Yeah. Yep, and I think they will go three and six in conference. They will beat Maryland. They will beat Rutgers, and they will beat Purdue. They also bring in Tom Allen as their uh, new DC. So hopefully, he brings something new to the. Yeah, they've been kind of lacking on defense. They would need that. They've been decent on offense, and that's kind of how they hang in games. They just they they are, are pretty good on offense and hanging in games, but they don't really have the defense to lock it down and give themselves a good shot. That's how it's been the last few years anyway. Next up, I have Penn State, who I project will finish fourth of seven in the Big Ten East. Last year, they went four and four in conference, seven and six overall. Lost to Temple by 17, ouch, and their best win was against Indiana. Oh, playing Temple again, too. Yeah, that's one of the – I think Temple is in Philadelphia, if I'm not mistaken, or at least I know it's in the northeast somewhere, so that's kind of a, a, a you know a geographic rivalry type deal, um, or at least maybe Temple wants it to be, which is probably good for Temple, maybe not quite as big a deal for Penn State, but I guess that's how they have it worked up. Um, in 2016, they return nine starters on offense. They obviously lose quarterback Christian Hackenberg. They do return uh, running back Saquon Barkley, who is a good player, not necessarily a game-breaker without an offensive line, as I think we saw last year. Um, but they'll get an, a chance for their offensive line to grow a little bit. They return five on defense. Um, so I guess they kind of lose some on defense. They definitely lose uh, some depth on the defensive line. Carl Nassib and Anthony Zettel were both draft picks. Um, Returning John Reed, Grant Haley, and Marcus Allen. Uh, it's all secondary players. So right. Losing experience secondary. Losing uh, defensive coordinator Bob Shoup. I, I need Tennessee. to. I think I need to correct something. I. I don't know if I said this or I think I. I credited Northwestern with only nine. Uh, TDs in the, in the secondary and in, in Big Ten play, but I, that was actually Penn State. We'll so. just we'll just uh, run up the time machine and go back and correct that. Yep. I project that Penn State will go two and one non-conference. They will beat Kent State and they will beat Temple, but I have them losing to Pittsburgh. I think they will go five and four in conference. They will lose to Michigan. Uh, they play at Michigan. They will lose at home versus Ohio State. They will lose at home versus Iowa. Uh, I'm sorry. They will beat Iowa, like I said earlier. I'm getting myself a little bit mixed up. And they will beat Michigan State at home. So, like we said earlier, and we don't really have to talk about it again, but it'll be an interesting year to see how James Franklin fares, depending on how they do. Penn State beating Michigan State. I don't know. That's Yeah, it could happen. Connor, yeah, Connor Cook's gone. So, yeah, um, Michigan State's a little bit more of a. We'll get to him in a minute, but a, a little more of a question than last year. Yeah, and I think I got a little bit out of order on this, um, because I think I had projected. I think what I meant to do was project. No, I think no, I think we're still good. I think we're still good. Next, because I have next, I have Michigan State finishing third in the Big Ten West, Big Ten East. Uh, last year, obviously, a good year for them. 2015, they went 8-1 and one in conference. They beat Iowa in the championship game. They beat Ohio State at Ohio State without their starting quarterback, which we talked about last time, kind of a, 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 a freak game, a little bit of an anomaly in my opinion. Um, they went 12-2 and two overall. They lost to Nebraska, which Nebraska was one of those teams that kind of went up and down. And they just got shell-shocked at Bama. Well, not at Bama, but in the college football yeah. playoff. And the, one of the most memorable moments of the year, obviously, against Michigan, the, the freak win at the end there. Right, so, I mean, yeah. And, and and Michigan people, are are they still talk about it. They won the game until they lost it. And, I, yeah. you know, people still can't explain that, how they that, lost it. That took over college football news for a good week or two there. That was just 
watching that replay is just man that was crazy yes it was quite painful for me so thank you for bringing it up i mean I, my heart broke a little for you <laughs> so. i appreciate that yeah. um yeah so like you said they beat uh iowa, they beat michigan and they also beat iowa 2016 um they're losing a lot they return four on offense four starters they lost Connor Cook. They lost Jack Conklin. They lost their center, Jack Allen. They lost their wide receiver, Aaron Birdbridge. And on defense, they returned six starters, losing Shalik Calhoun, their star defensive end. Uh, so I think it's going to be a little a little setback. I don't know that it's going to be a, a, you know falling off the cliff, but I think they're going to have to take a step back, especially considering the talent that is returning at Michigan and Ohio State just – just you know the way they recruit they just have that talent they you know they don't there's no drop off even though they lost a lot of those people they're just losing experience essentially yep so so yeah Michigan State have coming third what in uh, Big Ten East. before we move on at all what what do you think about uh, Connor Cook NFL getting drafted by Oakland I mean is is he really a backup guy in the NFL I mean it, they were talking about how you know he hits all these NFL you know he was a like four-year starter, like just one games, you know. Yeah, I mean, the thing about it, it, the thing about Connor Cook is the knock on him is this intangible thing. It's like his leadership and his personality. And that, that was the major knock. Yeah, you know? and he, and, you know. He was the, never a the team thing captain. That they made a out, yeah, that's the thing that made a big deal about him never being a team captain despite being a four-year starter uh, at Michigan State. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I, you know, maybe that's something that you grow out of. Um, I just don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think this talent ceiling is I, yeah, starting quarterback. I think I, he could easily be a starting quarterback if he can get his act together and, and, and do it on the field. I don't even think he has to fix anything personality-wise. Yeah, but, but he's it, not going to start over Derek Carr. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. But I'm you're asking me, is he NFL starting potential? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. his ceiling is that he could start in the NFL. Uh, I think it's just one of those things where the, the teams aren't going to bank their – high draft pick on him getting his act together in in the locker room i guess i don't know though i mean i think that's one of those things that maybe it's kind of overblown i mean it's kind of an unwritten thing where every it seems like every quarterback has to be a captain which i guess in some ways that's true but at the same time i mean you want him to be you you want him to be like a field general because he's calling the plays he's leading the huddle so you would hope he's he's somewhat of a leader but there's no way that guy won as many games as he did by not being a leader you know i mean there's no way yeah that's true you know, w- and whether or not they the team considered him a leader, uh, I mean, he, he he was obviously a leader on the field, so I'm not really sure what all that off the field stuff yeah, is worth. So. In my mind, I mean, I, and I try and teach my kids this: actions are louder than words. You know? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> some people aren't as boisterous as others, I guess. But yeah, I mean, actions on the field definitely trump actions off the field. Although actions off the field can obviously get you in trouble too. So yep, and I don't remember him having a whole lot of issues off the field. So no, I mean, he never got in trouble. It's just a question of, I mean. Is he liked? Which again, is that even yeah. a big deal? Yeah, who cares? Yeah, yeah. so I don't know. <laughs> we will see. If he wins you games, I yeah. like him. I'll let, I'll let you draft him in fantasy. Yeah, I'll put I'll put him on there. <laughs> him and Mariota. <laughs> yeah, and Tebow. <laughs> All right. So next year, I, I I can tell everyone has been waiting for this moment. Who is it going to be? Michigan or Ohio State? Who's going to finish first? Dun dun dun. We're going to start with who's going to finish second in that race. <laughs> Ohio State, I project, will finish second to Michigan in the Big uh, in the Big Ten East. Oh my God! Yes, I can tell that you are just blown away, Sam. You did not see that coming. Twenty fifteen for Ohio State, seven and one in conference, twelve and one overall. Again, they lost to Michigan State, who did not have their starting quarterback, quarterback Connor Cook. Um, I think Ohio State just forgot to call plays at the end of that game and during the game. I'm not really not sure what happened. Um, they smoked Michigan last year uh, by 29. They beat Notre Dame by 16, and they finished the season ranked fourth. So it's got to be a tough pill to swallow. Um, you know, Ohio State, they lose to Michigan State. Michigan State loses to Nebraska, and Michigan State gets to go. That's got to be tough. Um, you know, you got to feel like Ohio State would have uh, given Alabama everything that they gave them last time they played them. Um, they just didn't get the chance. Not saying they would have beat them, but they definitely probably would have scored points. Yeah, and uh, I have a lot of issues with Ohio State, and 
uh, you know, starting with Urban Meyer. Uh, he's, he's a great coach, I'm sure. He's a great recruiter. Obviously, right now, just absolutely killing it in recruiting. I think they're, they're number one in the country on about every list. Um, they have, like, Josh Myers, Sean Wade, Isa- Isaiah Pryor. I mean, there's IMG guys left and right. I mean, just top-tier talent just flowing in. And it's no one – even, you know, the second-place team is nowhere near them. So, I mean, I, I think they're kind of cleaning up right now. They're saying they're the team to dethrone Alabama possibly in recruiting, but uh, that, that was said a lot last year. And then somehow Alabama swept in on signing day and stole it. But back to Urban Meyer. Uh, just – I'm not a big fan. Here of, we go, negative Nancy. Yeah, I know. I know. Here I go. But uh, I'm not a big fan of when a guy leaves a program because he's stressed out, you know, and has family issues whatever. But, uh, yeah, family first. But – that's that's old news, but the, the newer news, he's recently quoted as saying, uh, we are ready to chase titles, and I, that just never goes well. I mean, it's, yeah, it's good to be confident, but, I mean, they, last year I saw an article how Butch Jones, you know, and they were all talking about how he's the savior of the program and how he, how he turned the program around, you well, know? I think there's a couple things there. Is I mean, are you comparing him to Butch Jones? No, not comparing him to Butch Jones. Okay. I'm just talking about articles that come out yeah, where they yeah. say something that's so, like— also, there's a little bit of context, too. I would like to know is if he was asked something to set up that question, like, what are your goals or something? I mean, what would you expect him to say if he were I asked mean, he, like I think he, I think he's just trying to say it because he wants to put his program on the map, and he's feeling good about his recruiting class. Well, but I don't think he has to put his program not, on not, the map. Not, not put them on the map. They're on right, the map. Right. They, they own a good chunk of the map, but... You know, just kind of tooting his own horn, and I'm not a big fan of that. Uh, I don't think it sends the right message. Uh, it, it's just, I'm sorry, if if any coach is out there saying we are ready to chase titles, and then they don't, and you're just setting yourself up for some destructive force. Yeah, you're kind of setting yourself up. I get you there. I was, I was gonna, I was gonna kind of. I I like the 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 coach that's gonna go out there and say, hey, we're gonna we're gonna attack this day, and we're we're gonna do our best today. We're not yeah. worried. We're not worried about the freaking title. It's it's the off season. We haven't even had you know you know game one yet. Worry about worry about the first team that you're gonna play. But don't you get bored of coach speak too? Don't you get bored of coaches saying the same thing all the time? I yeah, mean, but it's. I mean, that's. I, I I'm I'm not gonna jump on Urban Meyer for saying something like that. I mean, I don't really think, feel like that's that big a deal. It may, you know. Uh, it's not, like, not huge news. Right, but you're, but you're saying it's, it's like an indication me. of his personality, and I think mm-hmm. his personality can be questionable. Um, based on his actions in the past, but I'm not really going to jump on him. I mean, he's a, he's a damn good coach. I mean, he's top oh, yeah. two coaches in co- active college football right now. Easily, him and Saban are kind of a top tier against everyone else based on the competition. Yeah, and that's so. my point. Kind of, you don't have to say stuff like that if you're him. <laughs> you know, well, but you, but you, but he does kind of have to sell it over and over because he's got new players over and over. So I think, I mean, I think a lot of the, the good coaches, especially Saban, that's how they communicate to your, their players is through the media. And and then and their players watch what they say in the media too. So Harbaugh, you know, Harbaugh's a media champion. <laughs> but he's really, but he's, but he's really not. I mean, he he's a media champion because of what he does, and he says stuff. He says stuff when no one else is saying it. Like on, he spoke out about the satellite camps, but but he's not he's not going. I mean, he he's getting major coverage because of what he's doing, not because he's kind of going out and saying we're going to win championships and stuff like that. You know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess it's a, a, just a. Minor detail. So we could talk about <laughs> Notre or, uh, Ohio State returning three starters on offense and three starters on defense. Yeah, how do they recover from this year's record-breaking draft? I mean, it, it, yeah. it was ridiculous. Every time I looked up on, during the draft, first two days, there was an Ohio State player coming off. I think they had 10, yeah. which is a record for the first two rounds. Yeah, and I think that, um, like I said, I mentioned it earlier, they're not really r- losing talent. They're losing experience. Mm-hmm. So you know they're like you said they're reloading. They haven't had any problem recruiting. Um, I feel like uh, this is the year for Michigan. This is the only reason that I ha- that I would I've picked Michigan to win is because Ohio State is going to lose a lot. Although the players that are replacing those players are going to have a lot of experience by time they play Michigan. So I just feel like you know it's going to be tough because Michigan is going to have to go to Ohio State to win. But I you know I just I guess I'm just placing all my hope in Jim Harbaugh and uh, letting it roll like that. Is uh, it is it hope or is it that's that's going to happen? Well, I think it's loosely based on objective evidence. 
Okay. I'll take that. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll, I'll get to Michigan in just a second, but just to wrap up on Ohio State, losing nine all Big Ten first and second teamers. Jeez. Uh, yeah, so, I mean. Ouch. Just a little bit of perspective there. All right, so we've covered Ohio State. This will obviously be an ongoing conversation. We'll have to see how each team is playing throughout the season. Um, Michigan. 2015, obviously the uh, first year for Jim Harbaugh, six and two in conference, ten and three overall. Lost the opener to Utah, beat Florida by 34 in the bowl game, and finished ranked number 12. Return eight on offense. And, uh, no, they don't return their quarterback. They return Jake Butt, tight end, All American, All American corner Jordan Lewis, uh, defensive back Jabril Peppers. Return, they return six starters on defense, but that defense is going to be um, really stout. Um, incoming freshman Rashawn Gary. Uh, they've got a lot of depth. Uh, linebacker is the potential Achilles heel. Did you not mention Jake? Jake Butt? Yeah. Okay, you did. Yes. I, I heard All-American tight end, and it sounded like I heard another name, but maybe not. Yeah. Yeah, Jake Butt. They've got a, a lot of depth at tight end. That dude um, is, is good. Yeah, they've got, like I, we were talking about earlier, a uh, player to watch, redshirt freshman uh, Tyron Wheatley Jr., 6'6", 270. He's just a freaking monster at tight end. So he obviously can't go pro after this year, which is nice because I think he's going to be just crushing people on the edge, which yeah. is what I've been watching him do in, in spring. So sp- we'll see what spring translates into in fall, obviously. But yeah, so I'm projecting they'll go three and zero non-conference and nine and zero in conference. Whoa. I project they will beat Michigan State and Ohio State on the road, and we will see how that plays out as the season goes along. Maybe I will have to eat my words, which hey, I don't want to. You, you and me both, buddy. I'm pretty sure I had Georgia going eleven and one. So yeah, I uh, you know. I mean, if you look at the schedules, though, I mean it's. It lines up that way. So Yeah, I, I didn't pick Michigan based on the schedule, obviously, because they're playing at Michigan State and at Ohio State. But I think yeah, Michigan y'all, State y'all loses. Y'all do have a tough road yeah. schedule. I, I think Michigan State loses enough and Ohio State loses enough in, in terms of starting talent that or starting players, I should say, that mm-hmm. I think uh, this will be Michigan's year. And if it's not, there's going to be a lot of disappointed Michigan fans. I don't, obviously, it won't rise to the level of, you know, coaching change that that's you know, something crazy would have to happen for that. But um, I think it's a, a big year for them. They've got a lot of players that came back. Who do, there's a, a quarterback competition. Who are you thinking? Yeah, quarterback competition between Wilton Spate and John O'Corn. John O'Corn is kind of uh, the more mobile of the two. Um, but I feel like John. I feel like Jim Harbaugh is going to basically make the decision on who's the better decision maker. You know, who is you know, I, I don't not not necessarily in love with the term game manager, but I who, think, who makes smart choices yeah, and, and yeah. who's not going to be throwing the ball. Yeah. Away. And, and basically I don't, I don't have, uh, that's not a point of concern for me. You would think they're, you know, not knowing who the quarterback would be going into the season would obviously be a red flag in terms of what the expectations should be for any given team. But I mean, I, I just have all the faith in the world in Jim Harbaugh. I feel like he's the the quarterback whisperer, and uh, you know he he turned Jake Rudock. He did play that position. Yeah, I mean, he, he, Jake Rock, Jake Rudock was not bad when he got there. He, he didn't start the season off real well for the first few games, but by the end of the season, uh, I think he was he ended the season as the number two all time single season yardage quarterback in Michigan history, which is really saying something. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I just feel like. Uh, I feel like more than anything, though, Harbaugh just knows how to motivate players. Um, you know, he 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 keeps them from looking ahead, um, which is obviously, you know, I don't know that they necessarily had a lot to look ahead to during his tenure at Michigan, but I feel like he just knows how to get them focused, knows how to get them motivated, and um, he's obviously uh, a chess master when it comes to calling plays and, and stuff like that. So I, I just feel like, we're in good hands. He's yeah. got a good staff. Yeah, one-year so. turnaround. I mean, he put them back uh, on the map. He's he's turning things in the right direction. So he's – I'm impressed with what he did as a coach. Uh, I, I have other issues with things, you know, off the field and, and other things that we're going to have lots of podcast battles about, I'm sure. 
he's he's a good guy i think if if he was running for president i'd vote for him right <laughs> now and and i think he's uh, honestly you should do it because uh, we ain't got much else out there right now you're just mad because he made kirby smart cry hey kirby is just a nice guy okay <laughs> i'm just kidding and they obviously made up for it because they're having a satellite camp in atlanta yay <laughs> all right we should cool. go we should definitely go. Yeah, and side note, we are going to the satellite camp in our hometown of Murfreesboro so we can, uh, you know, be annoying to Jacoby Stevens. Yeah. It's uh, Jacoby Stevens, the number one athlete in the country. Uh, according to some sites. Yeah, uh, according to some, but uh, it's according to the one that I pay attention to and the one that matters, 24-7 sports. Uh, it's it's pretty obvious why Harbaugh's going there, if you ask me, but – but look, he's got he's got fifty camps lined up, so it's not like he's yeah. making a special trip for one player. Yeah, I, I don't think he is for just the one player, but that's that's. But what, he obviously picks his. Yeah, there's places. other. We we live here, so I mean, there's other schools in town that are a lot bigger name than. He's than, obviously going there because of the high profile recruit there. Obviously, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. But you know, it's not, I, I don't think it's quite as nefarious as people make it out to be. It's like, oh, well, what, where do you expect him to go? Where there's no good players? I mean, yeah, yeah, so. All right, well, I think we are out of time. We are going to wrap this one up. I appreciate you listening. Samuel appreciates you listening. And uh, hopefully we can figure out a, a, another time sometime soon, maybe on a more regular schedule to get the next one up. Oh, yeah, it's coming soon. Good deal. Well, like we said earlier. Talk about more interesting things, you know, SEC stuff. Yes, follow us on Twitter at, at SECVSB1G. Follow us on your favorite podcast app. At some point, we'll have a website working on that. Um, also, if you are still listening by now, we know you have somewhat of an interest in talking about this stuff. So uh, we'd like to have some guests on, I think, in future future episodes. Yep. Um, Coming just, soon. You can tear us in half if we say something you don't yeah, like. I'm sure we've said some things uh, in the first two episodes that are just completely and blatantly wrong. So if you want to come and challenge us, be our guest. Do it. We deserve it. And we, we need to learn. So. Yes, and we will look forward to it. And we got lots of lots of buddies around the area that are fans of uh, multiple teams, so we we'll have our own buddies starting to call in and and give their expertise on their favorite teams. Yes, we need to draw from the collective knowledge for sure. But I think we mentioned it earlier. We're out of time. Join us next time. Thanks a lot. I love you.